Wolf, and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Welcome in, everyone, to the Wolf and Luke show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Some different voices filling in today. I'm Spencer Keatsman, alongside with the legend, <laughs> yeah. Tim Ring. We're throwing that word around early. Absolutely. Hey, good morning, everybody. Yeah, good to be with you. You know, um, we knew we knew Luke was going to be off today, so I had gotten the call uh, several weeks ago, mm-hmm. so always happy to fill in when needed. Uh, you, though, my friend, got the call about, oh, two hours ago. 8 a.m. Yep. Yeah. The, the bat signal went up, and, and now you're here. Well, Aaron gave me a warning last night that it could happen, and uh, I got a call at 8. So here I am, and I was I was thinking the last time you and I did a show together, Tim, it might have been July of 2019. It wasn't before yep. COVID. A lot has changed since then. We were in the middle of the worst sports week in in the country, in I believe. Modern day history. It, yes. It's July. It's the All Star break, so there's no baseball. There's literally nothing. The Suns had just come off like a 12 win season, right? They so were just we about were there. To start summer league. Um, but yeah, things have changed a lot. You've yeah. got a Cardinals team, obviously competing for the top seed in the NFC right now, and you've got a Suns team who is just resilient, especially last night and pulling out that win against a Portland team who I don't know how they've lost 17 games. By the way. That looked like a team that would be competing for a top spot in the West last night, but they've struggled a little bit. But regardless, the Phoenix Suns getting it done on the road in overtime in a tough place to play. Yeah, I mean, so much to talk about. We're going to obviously get into the Cardinals in a little bit, but yeah, we we, we you, you can't bury the lead on this day uh, because Spencer, you know, let me tell you something that that Suns game last night. This is why the Suns have become appointment viewing in my mind. Certainly, one of the best teams in the NBA, if not the best one of the top two, three teams in the NBA, but they never give up on a game. Mm-mm. Every game they take the floor, they play to win. I mean, that was a Tuesday night game in Portland, second night of a back-to-back, Devin Booker not in the game, mm-hmm. you know, playing you know a late-night game. They had every reason in the world to lose that game. And Chris Paul, bless his heart, Will not let that happen. I mean, the way that Chris Paul controlled that game and played that game in the fourth quarter and overtime, I mean, it might as well have been Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals because that's the kind of vigor and intensity he shows in these kind of games, even though, again, it's a Tuesday night in December on the road at Portland. He did not want that team to lose two games in a row for the first time since the opening week of the season, and by God, he was not going to let it happen, and he didn't. Yeah, I mean, you, you lose you lose on Monday night to the Clippers in a game where they were obviously just outplayed, uh, and then you get on a plane and go to Portland and then just completely respond the next day in a, in a totally different way, and they've talked about it like, look, th- this is how good teams are built in the NBA. You don't lose two in a row. You know, you can lose every now and then, obviously, and the, the Suns, you know, with five losses – they're, you know, they're not going to go on another 19-game winning streak or whatever it is. I mean, you can't imagine that. You can't expect them to do that just based on how hard that is to do. But you can't lose two in a row. 
And <laughs> they've proven their resiliency. If you remember a couple weeks ago, they played uh, Golden State twice in a week. They had to go from, they played Golden State at home on a Tuesday night. They flew to Detroit, played the Pistons um, on a Thursday night, and then flew to Golden State, and that's when the wheels finally came off. But you were wondering about that re- the resiliency of that team at that point. Can they do that kind of a stretch with travel and then win that third game? And that's when, obviously, Golden State ended the streak. But, right. well, uh, you're, I mean... You're, yeah, you're six, you're six games without Devin Booker now. You've right. gone, you've gone four and two. And it could very easily have been... Three and three. Chris Paul did not let that happen. Now, Paul last night, 24 points, uh, 14 assists. Also, deed up Damian Lillard, you know, in the, in the, in the fourth quarter and overtime. It's known as Dame time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last night, you know, Chris Paul uh, tur- tur- turned off the clock on Dame time. And Damian Lillard, uh, Damian Lillard uh, was shut out field goal wise late in the, in the overtime. quarter and the entire overtime. Yeah. He only had one free throw made. So Chris Paul not only uh, doing it on the offensive end, but also on the defensive end as well, hits the jumper with eight seconds left to tie the game up. And then, of course, you think, okay, there's eight seconds left. This is where Damian Lillard is one of the best in the game, and the Suns' defense shuts him down uh, to get that game into overtime. By the way, did you hear Chris Paul? Did you see the video? It's on Instagram or it's on Twitter, probably on both. Uh, it's Chris Paul's son. Uh, after Chris Paul knocks down the jumper uh, to tie the game up with eight seconds left, Chris Paul's son is in his living room or family room watching the game, and it's that's my dad, that's my dad, that's not your dad, that's my dad, that's my dad. It's a great piece of video. Find it uh, on Twitter if you can. Actually, Jesse behind the glass, he might be able to find it. We can play it. Oh, so like uh, his wife was recording? Yeah, his uh, wife was recording, or maybe. That's my dad. That's my dad. That's not your dad. That's my dad. <laughs> you are right. Young young Mr. Paul, that is your dad. And in the clutch... He's Damian Lillard's dad, too. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I love it. Hey, let me tell you something. The point God, you know, I don't know at his age if he'll be in the MVP race at the end of the year, but he should be. You talk about what a guy does in the clutch when it's winning time. Usually he has a partner in crime in Devin Booker, and they close out teams. They strangle them in the fourth quarter, and the Suns get out of there with a win. Chris Paul, without Devin Booker, still doing the same thing. I mean, Chris Paul in the clutch this season, the field goal percentage is over 60%. 15 assists. The Suns are plus 60 in the clutch with Chris Paul. That is the best mark Mm -hmm. in the entire league. You know, Spencer, I, that the Chris Paul mid-range jumper, I grew up watching a lot of Bulls basketball. So I'm just from Chicago. And you're a little bit younger, but, but, but older NBA fans will know, especially in the, the later Bulls title years, when the Bulls got into the fourth quarter and they needed a bucket, they'd go to Michael Jordan in the post and he would hit that patented Jordan fadeaway. Right. And it was an unstoppable shot that, Time after time, game after game, would give the Bulls a win down the stretch. Chris Paul's 15-foot jumper on the right side of the key, to me, is the modern version of the Jordan fadeaway. He's the best mid-range shooter in the league. absolutely unbelievable. He gets to his spot, and more times than not, he knocks that shot down in the clutch, and gets the Suns much-needed buckets. And last night he did it all because when he wasn't scoring, he was distributing. I mean, DeAndre Ayton with the monster night coming back from 
missing a couple games with the flu. Yeah. Don't, I don't want to take anything away from DeAndre Ayton. He was fantastic last night. He was. But played Chris, all 45 minutes. But Chris, but Chris Paul serving him the ball time and time and time again, that's a pretty good combination. It, it is. DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton should be buying Chris Paul dinner tonight. <laughs> after that game last night. As good as D.A. was, and we're going to talk more about him in a little bit, but Chris Paul was absolutely plattering it for DeAndre Ayton, putting that, putting that ball on a platter, and that was the winning combination to get the Suns that 111. A 107 win in overtime, and the Suns now 22-5. and five. They get the night off tonight. They're back at it again tomorrow. Yeah, and Monty Williams after the game talking about Chris Paul and how amazing he was. Chris is just, he's just an amazing basketball player, and even when he's He's dead tired. He just finds a way to make plays. And, you know, the, the biggest play, I thought, one of the big plays was the steal he got that allowed for us to call timeout. Um, that was a huge possession for us because I think it was six. And then we were able to get the ball and, and score and, and cut it to four. I thought it gave us a bit of momentum. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Suns actually had a lead as big as, I think, 14 in the game. Yeah, it was in the first half. But right? but, but yeah. again, though, you know, the, the Blazers, to their credit, even though they have a losing record and they've, they've lost now six in a row, they kept coming. They kept coming at the Suns. And, you know, the Suns had every reason to kind of take one on the chin and maybe leave last night with an L. But Chris Paul uh, was not going to let it happen. But there's one other play I want to bring up, and uh, nobody's really been talking about it. But I think it exemplifies and speaks to the winning culture that has been established by Monty Williams and the Suns roster and the entire organization. The Suns had a three-point lead in overtime. Uh, there was a loose ball after a Blazers missed shot. It was kind of one of those helter-skelter deals. And Damian Lillard found himself spotting up uh, at the top of the key, for a three-point shot opportunity. Jay Crowder, who has no business ever guarding Damian Lillard, identified that, closed out on Lillard, and even though Jay Crowder couldn't guard Damian Lillard for 48 minutes or 41 minutes a night, for 20 seconds, Jay Crowder could do it. And he did it last night, and he closed out on Lillard and would not allow Lillard to get a shot off because that is one of those plays where the ball is kind of bouncing around, the Blazers get an offensive rebound, they kick it out to Lillard, there's nobody there guarding him, and he spots up and he knocks down a three that would have tied the game. But Crowder identified the play, and Jay Crowder, if you're listening, my man, I saw the play, (laughs) I tip my cap to you, Monty, if you're listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Crowder closed out on Lillard, didn't allow him to get a shot off, and that's the kind of play, the small things, the little things, that championship teams do, what winning teams do, to win games down the stretch because it's selfless basketball. Jay Crowder didn't have to make that extra effort, but he wanted to because that's what this Suns team is all about. And that's why, you know, Spence, I get back to it, what I said before, and I've said it here on post-game shows for the Suns, they are appointment viewing. Yeah, yeah they're on late. It's a work night. It's December. At the end of the day, does it really matter if they win or lose? No, but I guarantee there were a lot of people staying up late last night to watch the end of that game because these Suns give it to you and they bring it every night. And above all that, that was a hell of a basketball game. Oh, it was a, it was that a was a lot game. of fun. It was that an, was a lot was of fun. A phenomenal game. It was one of the better ones we've seen this year so far. So uh, the Suns get the big win last night against the Blazers. We'll talk more about this later. They are off today. They host the Washington basketball team on Thursday night. Tickets are still available if you want to visit phoenixsuns.com. Following their loss on Monday night, are the Cardinals still considered one of the top teams in the NFC? We get into that next. I'm Spencer Keatsman. He's Tim Ring. In for Luke and Wolf on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, Spencer Keatsman and Tim Ring back with you here on a kind of a chilly Wednesday. I mean, it's a little chillier than it's been, but I think we've been so lucky with the weather throughout the first couple weeks of December. We were kind of due. I got my fleece to bring on. it down. Yeah, I, I was I've just got in, my cool I, guy jacket on. I was yeah. just in uh, Colorado for for five days. So that, okay, now that's cold. Yeah, that's cold. That's I've real been there. Cold. Yeah, yeah that's, seven, <laughs> that's seventeen degrees. Yeah, that's you know? altitude so and, I, and cold. I had all my winter clothes on. Not you know, not all that out of the suitcase yet. So I was able to you know easily grab a little fleece today. <laughs> all my real winter clothes are at home in Kansas City, where I'm from, and they don't make it down here because you don't really need them. You just need a jacket. That's the best thing about Arizona. So, um, also the best thing about Arizona right now is the football team. Even though they a tough loss to the Rams, and and look, I, I, it goes it goes back. Sean McVay has had the Cardinals number for pretty much the entire time he's been there for the Rams, except for earlier this year um, when the Cardinals were able to beat the Rams in L.A. in a game that I thought that was one of the best games they had played all year, and then it sort of just flipped. You know, just real quick, Tim, since we um, this is the first time anyone's hearing our voices on this game, reaction to Monday night, uh, Cardinals well, kind of got punched in the mouth. They lost the line of scrimmage battle badly in that game, and uh, they just didn't really seem to have an answer for that Rams pass rush, particularly Aaron Darnold. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> it's funny. If the Cardinals' season or the Cardinals' game Monday night was you know on trial in a courtroom, I, I could be one hell of a defense attorney uh, for the Cardinals right now. I probably won't be one heck of a prosecution uh, attorney. Tim uh, Ring, attorney. I, you know <laughs> your prosecution because, because, attorney. I mean, I, I I could argue <laughs> both sides adequately well uh, that there are concerns about the Arizona Cardinals right now. I could also argue the side that hey, listen, it's just one game. You know, this is a long, long season. The Rams are a really good football team. And you can't forget that the Cardinals also went in and kicked their tail uh, a couple of months ago. And the Cardinals are still a good football team. And, Spencer, you're right. That game was lost. Listen, you could pick apart a bunch of different decisions and a different different plays, situational football, smart football, turnovers, of course, from Kyler Murray. But it starts up front, as always, and anybody who ever – has analyzed this game, says, you know, start right there, and the Rams dominated both lines of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I know there's the mentality of next... Woo! I know there's the mentality of next man up in this league, but at the same time, guys are backups for a reason, and Aaron Donald has hit, had his way against Max Garcia from the opening play of that game. You knew it was going to be a long night they harassed Kyler Murray all game long Cardinals had trouble running the football conversely on the other side of the coin Sony Michelle got his mm-hmm. uh, the Rams were able to control the line of scrimmage and then all the other elements that go into a football game you talk about Kyler Murray's interceptions obviously those were huge what really bothered me about that Cardinal game and again I you know I tweeted about this a little bit it's just you know the, the good news is these are self-inflicted wounds and you hope that the coach and quarterback, you know, learn from these mistakes, and the, maybe it's better they happen in the regular season and not in the playoffs, where you know you could go home with a loss. Uh, but again, the the situational football, the decisions that are made in real time, 
we're we're not in the Cardinals' favor uh, in that game on Monday night. And well, we can, Tim, we, we can go down. Go ahead. Yeah, we can go down a long list of decisions that were made uh, that, in the end, you know, all compiled together very much helped the Cardinals lose that football game. Yes. So Cliff Kingsbury was actually asked about those situations and the late game situation, the fourth down calls today when he met with the media, and he was asked whether he could learn from them. And this is what his answer was. How about that? Yeah, I think you learn from um, all of those spots that you put in. There's nothing you can really simulate in practice. It's like a game and, and uh, you get the ball back and, and have a chance. We got a tough call in that hole that, that brought us back and then it was kind of up uphill battle from there. But um, we just have to be better on communication and, and finding a way to, to maximize whatever seconds you have left there to give yourself a chance to win the game. Look, I mean, okay, let me, let me just say something here real quick because this has been throughout Cliff Kingsbury's entire coaching career, whether it was Texas Tech or whether it's the Arizona Cardinals. As a head coach, he has been awful. Awful in moments like this. Exactly what he's talking about, and the answer is the same way every time. we got to be better at communicating. Well, no kidding, Coach. Like I'm sorry. This has been the bugaboo of his career. Yes, he's a great play caller, and he's got some really good players on this team, and they're winning games. But they again, even though they're 10-3, and some of this stuff goes back to last year when they're 7-9 and nine or whatever it was. Just moments in games where they have just failed to execute the simplest of things in, in, in the simplest of situations where they lose the game because of that. And, and, and it's, it's always gone back to him. I'm, I hate to be that guy. Well, you know, there's, but, well, the, but there's also two ways to look at it, right? So the, 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 the Monday through Saturday preparation. Are you, putting, are you putting your guys and your preparation in the position to make the correct decisions when things get chaotic on Sunday? Now, the end of the game, let me be very clear about this. Obviously, the chances of the Cardinals completing a 60-yard Hail Mary on the last play of the game were very, very minute. They did it last very year. Very slim. I know they did it last year. It actually <laughs> makes it probably even more minute that they would do it again in terms of chances. But again, smart situational football there for Kyler Murray not to spike the football is mind-boggling to me. There is no way Cliff Kingsbury did not want that football clocked to let his team catch its breath, gather itself, get lined up, get your proper Hail Mary you know, pre-play formation set up, and then you take a shot at it. Mm-hmm. For Kyler Murray to not understand the game situation there, even though Again, it was a long shot, not saying that they would have converted the Hail Mary, but again, it speaks to a quarterback and a coach that did not handle the situation correctly. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a 2% chance or not, they mishandled the situation. And here's... here's when, the- let me say one more thing real quick, Spence, because I, I it's important that I want to get this in there. There's also a decision that was made when they're trying to move the chains, and it's third and one. And you desperately need points late in the game. And I to run a to run a low percentage pass play where you chuck it down the field to nobody and you leave yourself fourth and one and susceptible to a play not working like it did not on fourth and one. It's mind boggling to me that you don't have something safe, a little pet play, a little Zach Gertz, a little something. Roll them out. You got yeah. two you got two plays to make a yard to get a fresh set of downs when you desperately need points and you desperately need to move the chains. I don't care what kind of safety look you get or whatever Throwing the ball downfield there on third and one, and I know it's hindsight, and you say, "Well, if they throw a touchdown there, Tim." You say it's you know brilliant, brilliant play calling by by the team. No, I, I just think in that situation, it, it is absolutely paramount that you move the chains and get the first, and they didn't do it. 
So again, the, the, not the, the not the smart, not the right football play, and all adds up to cost of the team, to te- the team potential wins in the end. And, and Spence, we haven't even talked about you know the decisions to consistently go for it, mm-hmm. you know, on fourth down, eschewing the the field goal opportunity, and and how you know that might need to change come playoff time when points will be at a premium, and you're playing against teams that are just as good as you. If, yeah, exactly. And one other thing I was going to point out, too, and this has been talked about before, I, I like Kyler Murray a lot as a quarterback. I don't like him throwing the ball 49 times. I mean, that's just, uh, I, they, they, look, you cannot, they were not able to run the ball on the Rams effectively. I get it. So they were pretty, they were down pretty much the entire game. They had to come from behind and throw the ball. But before that, look, Kyler missed the entire month of November. I know they had a bye week in there, um, but he had thrown the ball in the Minnesota game 36 times. And that's a game the Cardinals should have lost (laughs) early in the year. So, I mean, look, I think his bread and butter range is right around 25 to 31 pass attempts a game. And that's where you kind of limit the mistakes that he could possibly make. I mean, when you're throwing the ball 49 times, there's likely going to be two interceptions there. So text us your thoughts on, um, excuse me, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620. Right now, give us your thoughts on the Arizona Cardinals. Who are the best teams in the NFL? We rank our top five next with our NFL Power Poll. I'm Spencer Keatsman. He's Tim Ring on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL Power Power Poll. Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. All right, Spencer Keatsman and Tim Rang back in for Luke and Wolf. Before we get into this real quick, we should mention the DeAndre Hopkins news just because we've gone 30 minutes without bringing it up. Um, It looks like he's getting a second opinion after yesterday it was announced that he would be having an MRI on the knee. Don't like that? Look, I've had had Hopkins on my fantasy team all year, and literally every game there's been a question mark next to his name. Don't so, like uh, look, he's a tough guy. If he can play, he's going to play. But there comes a, a a fine line to where if you can sit him for a week or two and get him ready for the playoffs, you'd probably do it, wouldn't you? Well, I you know, before I even comment on this, I mean, let, let's be honest. If, you, if if you're getting a second opinion, it means you didn't like, like the, the, first, the one. first opinion. Yeah. And, you know, to me, my worries right now are – is DeAndre Hopkins going to be out for the year? I hate to say that. We don't know. I'm I'm just speculating. But like my, you like you're asking me to react right now. That that's my reaction. Right. I hope he's not out for the season. One hundred percent. And if and if it is somewhat of a a knee strain or a meniscus thing, then I'm like, okay, how many days until the playoffs? Because you can start thinking like, okay, De- DeAndre Hopkins. If they don't have him. You've got five weeks till the playoffs start. Five weeks. How severe is this? Depending thing? if the Cardinals have a bye, it could be six. If, and if he's right, and if, and if but if he's out for these last four games, I would say the chances no of the buy. Cardinals having that bye are very, very no. slim. Absolutely. So not. I'm asking, so I'm just kind of doing my, the math in my head. You know, if DeAndre Hopkins can't play, now I'm starting to think to myself, well, let, let's kind of put the number one seed on the back burner. You don't, you don't, you don't give up on it. I mean, you're still right there. Obviously, yeah. But you're certainly not as good of a football team without him. And my concern would be, how severe is it? Will he be back for for playoff football? So there's the worst case scenario. He's done, 
And then the second worst case scenario, he's done for the regular season. 100%. But yeah. also at the same time, I'm like, well, God, if we get him back for the playoffs, I mean, uh, you, that would be... That would also be a good thing. All right, let's see where they stack up in our top five teams in the NFL. Number five. I'll lead it off. I'm saying the New England Patriots. I I really like what they've done, uh, and obviously they've got the resume and pedigree uh, to be considered in this top five, which is considering who their head coach is, who's really coached up Mac Jones, and defensively they play well. And it's kind of a new era of Patriots football post-Tom Brady where they're trying to find way, different ways to win football games, and they're doing it. I'm going with the Patriots. I think you and I are going to end up flip-flopping our number four and five. Number five, I'm going to bring in the Kansas City Chiefs. Spencer, that's your hometown team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chiefs right now are certainly a top-five team in the National Football League. They started two and three, and everybody thought, well, what the heck is wrong with these guys? Maybe this is going to be one of those seasons where they just you know, can't quite put it together. Well, they have put it together big time. They've won six in a row. They found their offense last week against the Raiders. They scored 48 points. A few weeks earlier, they scored 41 uh, against the Raiders. So clearly they have the Raiders' defensive staff's number. Uh, But the the Chiefs, it's not just Patrick Mahomes. The defense has found its way. Uh, The defense, in its last five games, Spence has given up a total of 48 points. Phenomenal. I mean, they're they're giving up less than 10 points a game uh, over these last five weeks. So the, the defense plays like that. Patrick Mahomes is starting to find his groove on the other side of the football. That's why you've won six in a row, and that's why the Chiefs are in the top five in my power poll this week, headed into week 15. Number four. Four. I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals right at number four. The main reason is, is the three teams I have ahead of the Arizona Cardinals all have quarterbacks who have won a Super Bowl. They've got the resume. um, you, You know, the only thing that that holds me back on the Arizona Cardinals as to whether or not they can do it when it really matters. Um, I think the Cardinals have shown a lot of signs of greatness this year. There's no question about that. They had a stinker against Carolina. That happens. Every team has a stinker thrown in there. Kyler Murray didn't play. Uh, I I just don't know if the Cardinals have put together a, a full like season of a resume to make me think they're a top three team yet in the NFL. Maybe that'll change, but they're definitely up there. They're definitely competing for the one seed in the NFC. Obviously, some of this injury news we just mentioned is a little bit of a a, a downer, so we'll see what happens. But I think the Arizona Cardinals are the fourth-best team in the NFL. Well, you know, you're, you're not alone. The USA Today power poll dropped the Cardinals all the way to sixth behind the Rams wow. uh, after Monday. Uh, my number four team, Spence, was your number five team, the New England Patriots. This team is 8-1 and one since October 3rd. Mm-hmm. They're playing great. They've won seven in a row. And it's not just the Cardinals that are unbeaten on the road this year. The New England Patriots are also unbeaten on the road this year. How about that, right? It's impressive. Uh, much like the Cardinals, though, the Patriots are also struggling uh, at home. Uh, I think, the, what are they? They're, they're three and four at home. You know, I talked about the, the Chiefs' defense and how stellar they've been. They've struggled at home, too. They've struggled at home, too. Believe it or not, the Patriots' defense over the last five weeks has been even better than Kansas City's. And the Chiefs are giving up 9.6 points a game in the last five weeks. Bill Pelichick's Patriot defense is absolutely stonewalling teams right now. In the last five weeks, they've given up 36 points to the tune of just over seven points a game. That coupled with the obvious emergence and improvement every week of a rookie quarterback. Right. And Mac Jones has the New England Patriots uh, as the number four team in my power poll this week. 
Number three. Three. Number three is the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think that the coaching job that Andy Reid has done this year will earn him NFL's Coach of the Year. And Steve Spagnola should get the Defensive Coordinator of the Year as well. Oh, don't Just, be a homer. No, no, no. What they've done to revamp <laughs> that defense in Kansas City is nothing short of remarkable. And and look, the offense has not been as explosive as the past three years in the three straight AFC Championship appearances that the Kansas City Chiefs have had. Um, but they've found new ways to win games, and they've sort of bought into a new way. I mean, they don't have to go score 41 points to win a game right now. You know, they beat the Cowboys. They scored 19. They beat the Packers. They scored 22. Uh, I mean, they're they're putting the fear into other teams that they can play some defense, create turnovers, and they don't have to beat you by throwing for 400 yards a game anymore. It's a new Chiefs team, and I think that they're they're handling it well, and they're playing good football right now. My number three team in this week's power poll, the Arizona Cardinals at 10-3. and three. Obviously, we've been talking extensively about the Cardinals. Clearly, there's an issue right now with the potential DeAndre Hopkins knee injury that could impact the remainder of not only the regular season, but the postseason, as well as he seeks out a second opinion. Even though the Cardinals have dropped from one to three on my rankings, uh, thanks to what happened there on Monday night, I can't look away uh, from the dominant team that we've seen on the road and for the most part uh, of this season. The team that whipped the Tennessee Titans, the team that whipped the Rams, the team that whipped the Cleveland Browns. Kyler Murray, for the most part, playing very much like an MVP caliber quarterback throughout the year. A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz, James Conner, Chase Edmonds when he was healthy earlier in the season. And the Cardinals defense, which has been uh, among the league's best for most of the season, even in the wake of the J.J. Watt defeat. Yes, they're 3-3 three and three in their last six. I get it. They're not playing the smartest brand of football right now. I get it. They're struggling at home. They've lost three in a row at home. This is the time of year where you want to be playing your best football, not mediocre football. All that is in play. But I do believe that the Panther loss, as you said, Colt McCoy was the quarterback. Every team tends to have a clunker during the year. Packers game came down to the final play. Yeah, the Cardinals didn't play well enough to win, but if A.J. Green just turns around uh, and catches the football, uh, the complexion of the home schedule and where the Cardinals are at, probably we look upon it a little different. And then that game Monday night, that's a really good Rams team, and I don't mean to make excuses for the Cardinals, but at the end of the day, that was a team that desperately needed to win versus a team in the Cardinals that simply wanted to win, and I think we saw it play out that way uh, on the field and ultimately on the scoreboard. So the Cardinals dropping to number three in my power poll this week. Number two. All right, we're going to power through these top two. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they won the Super Bowl last year. Tom Brady's their quarterback. They got lucky on Sunday, and, uh, you know, good things just keep happening to Tom Brady. (laughs) They're, They're my number two. The Buccaneers. They have the easy schedule remaining in the NFL, by the way. You know what? When I was doing this, Spencer, my, 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 I was vacillating between the Packers and the Buccaneers, who I wanted to put at number one and number two. And The Packers are technically the top seed in the league right now, so I was leaning towards them. But then when you really study the numbers right now, when, it, when, you, when you talk about the Packers, and I know we'll get to them in a second, everything the Packers do well, the Buccaneers also do well and statistically do better, including at quarterback, because that guy's got a lot more rings than the other guy. Yeah. Okay? And the 49ers, excuse me, the 49ers, the Buccaneers right now leading uh, the league in, in points per game, yards allowed, and the defense is starting to get healthy again. And Tom Brady is four touchdown passes away from throwing 40 or more TDs in a season in back-to-back seasons for the first time in his career. 
Think about that at the age of 44. So the Buccaneers are going to be my number one team. Uh, the Packers are sliding down to number two. Uh, so And I know I kind of reversed that. No, you're good. But, but the Buccaneers, to me, it's, I, I, again, this, this was my thought process. I started Packers, went Buccaneers. That's the way I'm going to come down with these teams, and I'll, t- I'll talk about the Packers in just a bit. But the Buccaneers are actually coming in at number one. Number one. Numero uno. Number one. Number one's the Green Bay Packers. I mean, when their A game is their A game, they're the best team in the NFL, and they're they're especially tough to beat at home. Christmas through New Year's Day is the lowest week of the year for blood donations in January, is the highest blood usage month of the year for patients. Please consider making a blood donation on Sunday, January 2nd, at at Vitalian's Savings Arizona Blood Drive. Schedule your appointment now at org slash save Arizona. All right, coming up next, after losing 10 pounds while sick and missing two games, DeAndre Ayton returned last night and made his presence known. We'll get you into his performance next on 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. You know, it was just a great team, you know, to see hitting that clutch shot, you know, to send us to give us another chance at it. Campaign knocking down the free throws, you know, it, it was a lot. It was a lot of great stuff, man. It was a lot. You know, Mikhail, guarding the best player always on the court, 94 feet. If not, he just going to stay to his back pocket. You know, there's a lot going on, but you know, them dudes, he was ready. The energy was from the jump ball. That's what set it off. I was just being on the hop. Yeah, that's DeAndre Ayton last night after the win in Portland in overtime, and he was obviously eager to get back out on the floor. And for the first time in his career, Tim Ring, he played all 45 minutes. And, you know, he, he said he was sick, and, uh, you know, he had the flu, and he said he lost 10 pounds. You and I have been sick. I don't think I've ever lost 10 pounds, though. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind losing 10. <laughs> You're at that age now? Well, I join, guess, jo- yeah. Join the club. Yeah, when you perpetually, perpetually I, you know. always want to lose 10 pounds. Uh, yeah, but, uh, he, I mean, he played He played a great basketball game last night. There's no denying that coming off his sickness. And and they, they needed him. They needed him. The game went to overtime, so what? The game, the game had 53 minutes. He played 45 of them, and, and he was fantastic. And the one thing about DeAndre Aiden... Is the skill level has always been there? It's the questions of of the want to uh, and playing hard for whatever amount of minutes you are in the game, but I, you know I just don't see that as much anymore with DeAndre Ayton. I well, see a player who's really, really comfortable with his game. I think for a while when he was younger, he was trying to figure out who he was offensively, and there were a lot of fadeaways and spot up jumpers, and yeah, he would kind of set the high screen and roll and look for the lob, which he still does. But you watch him out there right now. He's just he's he really understands what he can do, what he's good at, where he can be successful offensively on the court, what kind of shots he can get, and where he can be most effective in terms of his offensive game. Now, I will say this: it helps when one of the best point guards to ever play the game is serving you up those kind of passes in that offense time and time again. Chris Paul has done wonders. For DeAndre Ayton, not only his attitude and his disposition, uh, but also his actual you know schematics of his game on the floor. And I just think that DeAndre Ayton right now is just real, real 
comfortable. And he's good. Man, the, the mm-hmm. skill level Out is good. Out on top, DeAndre Ayton, a three-pointer. Suzanne! Here we go. DA for three. Waiting on Ayton or paid DA. Wolf and Luke make a decision based on last night's game. All right, what's popping? What's popping? <laughs> So, Aaron, you guys do this after every game, right, with Wolf and Luke? Yep. Every single game. So um, I've heard this segment before. I love it. It's it's waiting, or you pay him based on the performance of the last night's game alone. And, and of course, you would have to say you pay him. Uh, look, DeAndre Ayton to me. Pay DA. Pay DA. DeAndre Ayton to me has, has been a player. He's a young guy. So when he grew up playing basketball, you're the, he's the best player on the floor in literally every game he's played. All these five-star guys, it's the same way. They've always been the best guy on the floor. He only spent one year in college at U of A, and he was, in most of those games, the best player on the floor. When you get to the NBA, that's rarely the case. I mean, you know, when you go from being the guy to just being a guy... It's an adjustment right away, yeah, and was, I think he was dealing with that, and I think he's over it. He was also a baby. He was a kid. 100%. He's a teenager. I mean, he's, we, we forget about this sometimes because these guys are just absolute monsters. But he's, he's a kid. He's a teenager. He's trying to figure things out, and trying to figure things out in a pretty tough environment, playing in a man's league in 82 games, and the, the, the demands of the number one pick are there. You know, not everybody's, everybody's built differently. I think DeAndre Ayton is one of these kids from the Bahamas, they had to figure it out at, 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 at the highest level of basketball at a very, very young age. Right. And for me, you, 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 Robert Sarver's going to have to pay DeAndre. You cannot pay DA. Can, that's right, deep voice narrator guy. <laughs> pay DA. <laughs> pay DA. There you go. He's got a lot more figured out at the age of 23 than I did. And listen, I mean, like last <laughs> night was a perfect example. Devin Booker's not playing. I know the Blazers aren't very good, but they they came to play last night, and they have one of the best clutch players and finishers in the game, and Damian Lillard, and DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul were a one-two punch wrecking ball, and Ayton was phenomenal. Now, I know the Blazers are not the biggest team on the front line, but watching that game last night, if you're in your car last night, you watched it. I mean, Aiton. You watched it in your car? No. If you're in your really? car. If you're in look your, out, everyone. Yeah, look out. <laughs> no. If you're in your car listening right now and you watched it last night, you probably know what I'm talking about. He just looked like a monster out there. He, you know, back in the day when seven footers were freaks of nature and everybody else was like six eight, six nine, they like stood out like a sore thumb and mm-hmm. they just kind of graced and labored and lumbered up and down the floor and got dunks and tip ins. That's what it, it looked like an old school seven footer last night. Like he was just head and shoulders bigger and better than any other big man on the court. And it showed in the final stat line with 28 points and 13 rebounds uh, coming up off of a. Uh, a couple days off with the flu. I just, I just thought Aiton was fantastic. He shot seventy percent from the field too. I mean, that's that's a win. And right remember, there. Spencer, he did that. You know, until like the last four games or three games of the NBA Finals, Aiton was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He was putting up numbers from a field goal percentage standpoint and a points and rebound standpoint that only were rivaled by the greats of the game in the history of the league. Now it didn't end well for Aiton. You know, Giannis really, you know, took his lunch money and ate and really kind of fizzled out. But you know, lest we forget how dominant his playoff run was last year up until, you know, game three 
of the NBA Finals. DeAndre Ayton is a force. He's a great player. I've always been in his camp, and I will continue to be. And I think I think we're only scratching the surface. I yeah. think he's only going to get better and better. He's eventually going to be a perennial all-star. And if he keeps on ascending to, uh, to what I think he can do over the next... How old is he now? He's 23. He's 23? Yep. He played 13 more years. Yeah. I mean... He could be a Hall of Famer, Spencer. How he old could was be... Tim Duncan when he retired? What? Like 39? Something like that. 40? Dirk was 41? I mean, these big guys play a long time. Tim Duncan wasn't even in the league, I don't think, at 22. He played all four years yes, at Wake did. Forest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so the, like the, the, you talk about the, the ceiling for DeAndre Ayton. The most important thing, obviously, is in, in the wake of the Chris Paul era, which we assume will end at some point, you know, can, can the Suns continue to contend for titles? That's what people care about most. But from an individual standpoint, Again, this this guy's got perennial all-star potential, and I think at the end of the day, if he keeps getting better and better and better, I think someday you might talk about DeAndre Ayton as a potential Hall of Fame caliber basketball player. All right. I mean, yeah, not to mention the, the fact that you had a wake-up call kind of going up against Giannis in the finals. I mean, that's that 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 was an eye-opening experience for Aiden, and I think it's sort of played into this year in terms of his work ethic and preparing for games now. But how concerned should we be with the Arizona Cardinals offense if James Conner and DeAndre Hopkins have to miss games with injuries? Yikes. Don't like to think about that. We're going to talk to two-time Super Bowl champion Max Starks. For Maximum Football, we've got an hour with Max Tim. I'm looking forward to this one. That's next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The Mighty Max. All right, what's poppin', what's poppin'? 